return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. And uh, got Travis Kelsey back there. Oh, my name is Gabriella. And uh, so uh, the rest didn't get that. Didn't no football people, they didn't get that. Okay, let's stand up for a second so the kids can go back there, ages 3 to 1st grade. Say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Through the years, I can't think of how many children would just learn that and quote that. You know, never, never, never. And uh, that's a good thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you know, it's a season, obviously, we're celebrating the first coming of Jesus Christ. The first coming of Jesus Christ introduced an avalanche of miracles. It was bringing in a whole new covenant. It was establishing uh, all new things in a good way. And, uh, uh, and the Christmas story itself is based all around all kinds of miraculous things happening. Uh, let me just say, right off the bat here, people look at these things and they think that all these things happened then, but these things are also happening today also. Amen. All right? So the sad thing is, is for many churches, denominations, and so forth, Christmas has become a tradition with very little meaning, you know, thinking about Christ saves us, redeems us, delivers us, very little meaning that way. They're thinking more about Santa Claus. And, and also, it's become a tradition with no power. And so they just kind of go through the motions. And so the focal point is, is giving gifts and all these other things. And they miss, they miss all the other uh, reality that goes with us. Uh, we want to remember here, it, it, is, it is a powerful event that still is happening today. The manifestation of Christmas is still happening today because Christ is with us. Emmanuel. The power is still with us today. So we read some verses. Okay, so we have the one in Luke chapter 1, verse 13, in Zechariah. Now, what was important about this is this was uh, the birth of the forerunner, John the Baptist, and, and uh, that he would come and he would proclaim the way of the Lord and prepare people's hearts for Jesus, all right? And, and then, and you know the story. I'm not going to go through the whole story, but Zechariah and Elizabeth were older, had no children, and uh, I'm sure at this point, he's in, the, he's in the, the, the place, the holy place, offering the sacrifice. But the angel comes and says, Zacharias, your prayer is heard. And of course, now that they're older, maybe that prayer isn't even prayed anymore. You know, so kind of like an Abraham and Sarah story. But he says, your prayer is heard. We must remember that prayer, prayers are something that are like eternal. 
You might pray something and think, you know, nothing ever happened based on what you see or think. But there is something that's always happening in the spiritual realm. Something that's always going on. God is always moving. God is always working. Sometimes people in Hebrews, it says they died in faith. And so they died, and this is how we should all die, is die believing God, believing for more things, believing for Him to touch our families and people around us and so forth, speaking prophetic things, you know, living out our lives. But then after that, those prayers may ascend, and then you enter into those labors. You, maybe you're, you, something happens, but that's a result of someone else praying and witnessing and so forth from years before. And uh, people are real quick sometimes to kind of take the credit. Look what we did. You know, it's like, be careful here. Let's just thank God for the move of his spirit. The angel says to Zachariah, your prayer is heard, past tense. It it is heard, but present tense, but prayed before. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You should call his name John. Of course, so this was the forerunner John the Baptist that that prophesied that his wife Elizabeth is going to conceive. She's going to have a child. They're going to call him John. Years will pass, they're probably gone, and he's preaching about Jesus coming, preparing people's hearts. Now we go to Luke chapter 1, a little farther down the line. Of course, we find Mary. Uh, And Mary, of course, she's just going about her day. The angel visits her. The angel of the Lord visits her. And and, uh, the, the angel says, with God, nothing is ever impossible. Now this is part of our life. This is part of our history. But it's also part of our present. Nothing is ever impossible. So many times we get in routines and so forth. We're going about our day and we forget. And all of a sudden everything looks bleak and everything looks negative. And it's easy to be discouraged. Even this word today, to not be discouraged. With God, with God. Now notice it's with him. We look at ourselves and think, I, I can't do it. I don't know how, it's, how I'm going to make it or whatever. Well, that's true. That's why we need him. Amen. Because if we could do all this on our own, we would have never needed a Savior. But we can't do it on our own. We need a Savior. His name is Jesus. So with God, everything is always possible. Let's put it that way. With God, everything is always possible. And the word, the word that's come, shall always come with power and fulfillment. So the Word of God comes with power and fulfillment. Now, these are things you have to challenge yourself. So it's, a, it's another Christmas season. Here we are. And most of the world, most of the body of Christ is plodding along, going about their business and so forth, not thinking of any power, not thinking of any miracles, not thinking of anything extraordinary happening. And yet, He wants that to happen in our lives. So, Mary says, I'm, a, I'm just a handmaid, I'm just a young girl, I'm a young virgin girl. And, and, but her response was, let it be done to me according to what you have said, according to your word. Amen. And that should be like when we read, this is important again, why do you read your Bible? You read, you read these promises and you claim it, okay, according to your word, I believe it. If you believe it, it settles it, right? right. You know, the word of God is the word of God. And, and so many times God is moving and, uh, uh, you know, pe- some people get it, some people don't get it. Many people bumped into Jesus, only a few people touched Jesus. So you want to touch him with faith. You want to touch him believing God. Today, but also in this, as we're reminded, the miraculous in the Christmas story. You want to touch him believing God for big things. I mean, little things are little things, that's nice too. 
Even in Nazareth, it said uh, a lot of churches would really be happy about this, that in Nazareth, uh, because of unbelief, he could do very few, he couldn't do any miracles except heal a few sick people. A lot of churches would be happy. I'd be happy with a few sick people getting healed, you know. And, uh, but he wants to think, think what he wants to do. He wants to do huge things in your life, for your life, through your life. He wants to do huge things. So, so Mary's response was, let it be done unto me according to your word, according to what you have said. It's a response. Now let's look at the Gospel of John a second. So now we come to the book, we come to the place where there's, there's a wedding. Now you think, you think at a wedding, what was so amazing at the wedding? Was there, did somebody need healing? Well, it didn't say that. Was somebody else needed a touch from God? Well, it didn't say that. But at the wedding, the need was they needed more refreshments. <laughs> Sounds kind of basic, doesn't it? What's the need? Well, we need more refreshments. Uh, we need more, uh, more to drink here and so forth. That, that, you need to kind of think, how important is this? You know what I mean? So I've heard people say, you know, I don't want to bother. This isn't a big thing. I don't want to bother God. How can you ever bother God? When he wants to do miracles, you can't bother God. If you ask in faith, and here this is a story. Of course, they're at the wedding and so forth, and and John chapter nine or John chapter two there a second. So they're at the wedding, and and they they came. Jesus' mother hears it and so forth. They don't have enough to drink, and Jesus' mother gives this request, you know, to the servants there serving at the wedding. Whatever he says to you, do it. It's a what whatsoever prayer, right? She didn't know what he would say. She didn't know what her son would say, Jesus Christ. But what she was doing was she was putting the demand on the power of God. Some, I look at this and I think, boy, this is just not a big deal. All right, they ran out of drink. Fine. <laughs> not a big deal. Maybe poor planning or whatever, just ran out of drink. And she puts the demand on the power of God and just says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. So whatsoever prayer. So she believed... And what now to this point, Jesus hadn't done all these miracles, all right? But she knew her son, and she just said, Whatever he tells you, do it. Do what he says. And of course, Jesus then directed him to fill the seven pitchers, big, big things with water, and the water was turned into wine, grape juice, and so not fermented, but grape juice. And, and uh, of course, the need was met that people could have refreshments at the wedding. Now think about that. If that's the case, does he care for your life? The answer is yes. He cares, he cares totally for your life, all right? Amen. You go on later in the, in the Gospel of John, chapter 11. Martha, Mary and Martha, spent all this time with Jesus and, and uh, had been around him and so forth and said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, whatever you ask of God, he'll give it to you. So again, it's a whatsoever prayer. Now, her, her brother's dead, but she, he didn't, she didn't know what else would happen. She didn't have the faith for him to be raised from the dead. But whatever you ask, whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. Now, she's directing it to Jesus. So whatever Jesus would do, whatever Jesus would say, all right, he would, he would do it. There's so many things in our life that we think, you know, it's got to be these uh, special people. Special people that do things. So it's got to be a special need. Let me skip a verse a second. Let's go to Luke chapter 12 a second. 
Think how much God cares about you and I. So if he cares about drink at a, at a wedding or so forth, how much does he care about us? Jesus talked about five sparrows sold for a couple coins. And notice, not one of this was forgotten before God. Now, understand, God created the universe, so he created all creation. Sadly, a lot of the world worships creation rather than the creator. People go out and can worship the sun. How about worshiping the one who made the sun? People can go out and worship an animal, but how about the one who made the animal? So, but the thing is, they all have significance. They all have value. They all have value to God. All right? So, think about this. If he's talking about things in nature having value, if he's talking about a bird having value, all right, then he says, are not the hairs of your head all numbered? Which is kind of a remarkable statement. That's a, that's a math question. Have they ever computed, Sarah, how many hairs are on a person's head? The average person's head. I wonder. That's a Google question. Google. How many hairs do you have? Well, it would vary, of course. But the point is, is he actually actually cares. So we think about all these things that are going on in life, and we think about what, what Jesus did, but also others, and how he cares about these daily things in our lives. So he cares about your daily life. He knows how many birds there are. He knows how many hairs are on your head. And then he tells you you're of more value than a lot of sparrows. <laughs> Where before he just says not one of them, just one of them. I remember every one. And then he says, you're more value than many sparrows. I know how many hairs are on your head. I know exactly when you go to bed, when you get up, the things that you think, the things that you say, all that you do. He knows everything about you. And yet he's the one who loves you the most. (laughs) Sometimes, uh, uh, you know, you can know a lot about someone. And then the more you get to know him, it's like, oh, wow, I don't know, you know. We always, say, we always say when you get married, get married with both eyes open ahead of time. Look at everything about the person you're married and so forth. Then once you're married, have one eye shut. Because <laughs> you're going to find imperfections, right? You're going to find things that you think, oh, that's, I don't like that, or that irritates me, or we're just different. Of course, yeah. You always were different. So that's why you go into things with both eyes open, but then you've got to close an eye afterwards and realize, hey, give grace, Amen. So he, he cares about our lives in just the most detailed ways. And if that's the case, then he wants to answer your prayers. If that's the case, the miraculous that we see that's centered around the Christmas story is still the miraculous that we want to expect today. Just because how much, how valuable you are. All right, so let's go to John chapter 14 a second. John 14, verse 12, I assure you, if anybody believes in me, you'll be able to do the things that I do. Think about this now. If someone believes, what about you and I now, okay? So if all these other people in the Bible could ask prayers, you know, of course, we had had, uh, uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph and so forth and Jesus' mother and, and all that. Jesus says then, that if you believe in me, you can do the things that I do. We have a saying when we go travel and missions and so forth, but we have it here too, doing what Jesus did. You can do what Jesus did. It's not for special people. 
It's not for five-fold ministers only, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It's for every believer. Say, that's me. That's me. If you're joining us, wherever you're joining us from, here in the States or in some other country, that's for you. Jesus cares about you. So if you believe in him, what he did, you can do. And this is Jesus talking here, right? So, and he says what, what uh, himself will do, the things that I do, and he'll do even greater things than these because I go to the Father. So now, we, Jesus was doing miracles and so forth, but now with the Holy Spirit on us, New Testament, all myriads of people can be doing what Jesus did. That's why the, the volume should be just dramatically higher because of the Holy Spirit. And this goes in any country, in any land. It's not, it's not limited to a certain country or place by geography or anything like that. It's not limited to a church. It's just limited to those who believe, all right? If anyone steadfastly believes in me, there's the limitation, believing in Jesus Christ. You can do this. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. So he went to the Father. He sent back the Holy Spirit. And he says, and I will do, I will grant whatever you ask in my name as presenting all that I am so that the Father may be glorified through the Son. Yes, I will grant. I myself will do it. Whatever you shall ask in my name. Whatever you shall ask. It's a, it's a whatsoever miracle, right? So, so whatever you ask. In other words, I, I just think he wants you to ask anything. I think he wants you to ask everything. I don't want you to think you have to somehow qualify this. Well, this isn't worthy of prayer or this isn't worthy of, worthy of believing. I want you to think, no, if, if it's a need, it's a need. Amen. Whatever that need is, it could be my toe. Well, that's a need. It could be for some other material provision. That's a need. He knows you the best and loves you the most. That's the wonderful thing about God. Now, now again, we can get hard on ourselves, all right, and look at all our blemishes and therefore disqualify us and say, I'm not worthy. Well, that's true. <laughs> but he made you worthy. In Christ, you are made worthy. We become the righteousness of God in Christ because of what Jesus did. So, in spite of my shortcomings... In spite of my imperfections, I then can come boldly to the throne of grace. It's not a throne of judgment. It's not a throne of harshness. It's not a throne of him, him uh, lording over a shiloh like this when we think of a kingly throne. It's a throne of grace where the door is open to whoever believes. Think about that. So he wants to use you. And why does he want to use you? Why does he want to use all believers? Why? Because then he's glorified. See, I'll glorify, I will grant, uh, 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 the Father is glorified through that. God is glorified through answered prayer. Amen. So God isn't going, you go to church, and if the church is dead and so forth, and, well, amen, that was your good pastor. We're going to go for coffee now. Well, where's the glory? What happened? Does he want your life to continue to change? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does he want to bless you beyond your wildest imaginations? Absolutely. He wants you to be in good health. He wants your needs to be met. He wants you because why? You're what? Well, you're a son or your daughter. So you're, you're a walking testimony to the world out here. 
Boy, for your age, you're sure healthy. Hallelujah. Yes, I am. Got all my needs met. Hallelujah. Yes, I do. You become a walking testimony to others around you who are looking for all the answers. Everybody has the same needs. Everybody's health needs and physical needs or financial needs. Everybody has this. There are people. But it'd be better to live on the top rather than the bottom. Deuteronomy says, I'll make you above only, not beneath. (laughs) He'll make you the head, not the tail. So if that is the will of God and we see all these things through Scripture, how He cares all the little details, well then I think it's, it's what He wants to manifest in our lives. So you take the Christmas story, which isn't just old tradition and kind of something mundane, but it comes to be, becomes something quite exciting to realize He came in a miraculous way and He's still moving in a miraculous way. He has not changed. He's the Lord. He changes not. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In some places, see, they'll say, well, this has all passed away. Oh, my goodness. How sad is that, right? How sad is that to think that the Holy Spirit, the power of God, all those things, they don't happen anymore. And they think, oh, I meet people. I meet Christians who actually believe that. I think, oh, goodness. I've met people before who believe that and said, would you mind if I prayed for you? Let me lay my hands on you and pray for you. Greg, I remember that guy that that uh, that uh, law enforcement officer you witnessed to, so forth, and he he had uh, Catholic background, and he came into the office just to talk. Greg had witnessed to him, and so forth. So he was in the area, his gun on and everything, and came just to talk. And we visited and so forth, and reaffirmed some things you shared with him and everything like that. And then, and then. Uh, uh, we didn't talk long, 15 minutes or so, and then he had to get on to something else. And he stood up and I said, can I just pray for you? He said, well, sure. He's pretty formal, you know, and had all this stuff on him, you know, and tough guy. And oh, let me pray for you. I just put, put my hands on him and begin to pray. And he about fell over. He told Greg, he didn't even read it out of a book, you know. He was used to anybody who prayed read it out of a book. But what he felt was the power of God. He felt the power of God. Actually, you know, we like going to places that are not spirit-filled. We like going to places that are not Pentecostal because they're not used to it all. <laughs> a lot of them just have simple faith. We a place, I remember we were in India. We the one place, and it was a certain Baptist church, like Good News Baptist Church. and We never know where we're going. But we just show up and share. And uh, uh, so we get there, we walk through the streets, we get there and so forth, and not a big place, and we minister, and at the end, uh, uh, just had some words of, of uh, prophecy for people, for healings. And one of the things of a person with severe pain, stomach pain, and different things like that, and prayed for them to be healed. Now, I'm just praying over the group. Well, this is a place that didn't believe in the Holy Spirit, <laughs> in terms of how we would. They didn't believe in the power of God. They didn't believe God did miracles today. And so one of the guys that was there, an older man, who was like one of the elders, you know, and keeper of the gates and stuff like that, and he was the guy with all the health problems, and he was the guy who was healed just like that. Amen. And the service, he wanted to, get, he went, I want to say something. Because <laughs> why? He was the guy healed. He was the guy told, just like... I don't understand it, but I'm totally different. And 
See, God is a good God. He wants to touch people. All these people with Jesus, they, they weren't prepared like, all right, we're going to get ready for the Messiah. And we're going to have all these spirit-filled services to welcome him in. They didn't know anything. Even the disciples, remember, remember this word. They were followers before they were believers. I love it when people will just come to the church here. Just come. Not like you have to follow a code, certain code or whatever. Just come. Just, just, just come and sit down. Just enjoy the atmosphere. They were followers before they were believers. And then as they followed Jesus, observed Jesus, listened to Jesus, faith grew in their hearts. So it wasn't like he even said, all right, we got this discipleship. I think John the Baptist had this discipleship class for six months. You guys should all be ready. You all know, you all believe, you got all, all tuned up and all this stuff. And it's like, they, you know, James and John smelled like fish and other, all kinds of things. And they just, they just started following. He said, follow me. It wasn't like, it wasn't like follow me and I will do a bunch of things. I'm just going to make you fishers of men. It's like. Okay, I know how to catch fish. I'm catching men, you know, they started following Jesus. Jesus said, if you believe on me, say believe. believe. So believe involves some action. Got to do something. You have to pray. I would always say I'd pray very specifically. How do you know if your prayer is answered if you just pray this generic prayer? Lord, bless me. Uh, okay, how should I do that? Jesus was specific. Pray specific prayers. Specific. Pray specific prayers for your family. Pray specific prayers for maybe a loved one who's not following you. Pray specific prayers. Even if the blind guy comes to Jesus and Jesus says, what do you want? Well, he's obviously blind. Okay, he can't see. He's begging. His eyes are probably white and so forth. He's obviously blind. But Jesus comments, what do you want? Be specific. Amen? I mean, he could ask for a lot of things. He's begging for money. Hey, I need a little bit more money. You got a big tip for me. I need a new mat or I need a new garment, whatever. And he said, I want to see. Ah, okay. See. Don't complicate it with a long prayer, a long King James prayer. And now, Lord, oh thou God, we pray. And don't compliment, com- com- complicate it. Be simple. I prayed for the law enforcement guy. Real simple. Touched him, prayed, boom, power God. Simplicity is good. The devil, the devil wants to get people into religion. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe God. We're going to stand. We're going to pray 10 minutes and 12 minutes, a little bit more. Get in tongues and all this. Just pray. Jesus prayed short prayers. I've emphasized this for years. And I still have Pentecostals praying long, 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 long prayers. We're going to shake heaven. You don't have to shake heaven. It's already shook. All right? Already shook. The answers have already fluttered out to us. They're everywhere. So you don't have to shake out an answer. The answers are there in front of us. The question is faith, believing. Sometimes people get prayer and they, well, boy, simple prayer. They didn't pray long enough. I'll go over to this line and get prayer. No, no, no. Believe. Believe. Believe the Word of God. Believe what's prayed. Isn't that right? You will not find a long prayer from Jesus in the Bible other than John 17 when he's talking to the Father. You're not going to heal thousands of people by praying long prayers 
You're going to be there not just a few days. You're going to be there weeks. You're there a long time. We're in situations. We're in situations where the, the meeting is over and, and, of course, it's late. They just pull up chairs and you know you're going to be there for a while. So we just sit down in the chairs and people come and they're not leaving until everybody has prayer. Right? So you're not going to pray. Plus, you're an interpreter, so you're not going to pray. You're not going to pray long, long prayers. I don't need it. You're going to talk. I don't need it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're in India. This has happened many times in India, but we're up there, and all of a sudden, demonized people, they're just on the floor. Mm-hmm. Slithering like snakes and snarling and foaming, all kinds of stuff. And for the others, they're just, they're kind of waiting like, well, we'll see, you get him delivered because I'm next in prayer, you know. They're not freaked out at all. Yeah. Americans, if they ever saw someone delivered of a demon, they're freaked out because they don't see it much. Incidentally, someone said one time, you know, demons are just overseas, you know that pastor. <laughs> they actually said that. As if Americans are so sophisticated, no demons here. <laughs> demons are everywhere. Loaded. They come to church if they can. So people get set free in the name of Jesus. And incidentally, when you cast out a devil overseas, you don't need interpretation. He knows every language. And they leave. They leave. And the next one's right in line. I'm next. Well, Lowell knows this story when we were... I've said this before, but the most remarkable thing that we saw one time in Deliverance, and we've seen some amazing things, but we were in this church... And it had no windows. It was just hot. It was so boiling hot, the camera wouldn't even work. And we were soaked, literally soaked from head to toe. Everywhere. All, underwear all the way through. Just soaked. And, and in the end of the service, no one spoke English except the pastor. And, of course, we couldn't leave until everybody had prayer. And so people were just coming down. So there was a teenage girl, probably, I don't know, she's 16 or so. And she, as she approaches, she's on the ground. And slithering. And I commanded the devil to come out of her. And the devil began to speak English. And the devil says, I don't want to leave. (laughs) I said, you're leaving. I said, come out. I don't want to leave. I don't want to come out. I said, you're leaving now. So the devil started bargaining in English. No one else understood this. They could have thought she was speaking some other dialect. No, no, she's speaking English, begging not to be cast out. And we cast the devil out. Well, I said, Lord... I, we stopped, I kind of stopped, like, did you hear that? My goodness. <laughs> you know the power of God's working when the devil's bargaining in your language, you know. You know the power of God is there. What are you going to say? Well, so two more things I'd like you to, and I, I feel that all these testimonies are um, creating miracles in the atmosphere. So Miracles, but I'd miracles. I'd like you to share the two miracles in India, the two ladies that were healed of cancer, and then if, if you have something you need, just receive from Jesus. The one was the lady that laid in the back on the floor, and you had that word. And yeah, so, her. yeah. I'll say the other one, then Amanda goes sit down. And um, Kumasi. I think. And, um, in Ghana. Oh, yeah, the okay. Lady, oh, Very good. Yeah, oh. thanks. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of stories. So we're just, we're just sharing, and the lady's laying on the floor. Well, everybody's sitting on the floor. There's no chairs, but it's tile floor, so she's in the back. She's laying against the wall. So we have a word, and just again, for pain and where the pain was at in her body. 
And then, uh, of course, we were praying for people, but they said, Pastor, that, that is that lady back there. So they helped, they helped her up, you know, got her, dragged her, they get her up front, and we pray for her. And then they brought her back and laid her down. And then she started drinking water. She hadn't drank water in days. And then she sat up. And then her eyes cleared. And then she stood up on her own. <laughs> and Jesus healed her. And she was like in this deathbed of cancer. And she was healed in that night. Amazing, amazing. And the one in Kumase was, we had finished the meeting at this church. And, and uh, had prayed for a number of people, bigger church in that case. And then we'd gone outside, we talked and visited people, people were leaving and stuff like that. We came back in and there was a group of young people sitting in some chairs, I don't know, five or six people. And with them was a girl kind of in the middle. And I'm, I'm walking back up front, I'm going to locate my briefcase and stuff. And then I said, uh, they looked at me and I said, everything okay? And they said, no, she, she's sick. And I said, oh, okay. We'll pray. And then they said, now this girl was probably in her early 20s and, and a student. And uh, I said, what do you want me to pray for? And they said, well, she has stomach cancer and she can't eat. You know, a little thing that's sitting there, you know. And I said, well, we'll pray. Listen, Jesus' name is always above every other name. You know what happens to a lot of Americans? They hear the word cancer. Oh, it's cancer. Oh, God. Oh, it's a, we're going to pray in fast five days. You know, they get, they get all freaked out about stuff. Don't get freaked out about a name. We never know, if we're, when we go into an emergency room, we never know what we're going to face. So you don't, get, you don't go by what you see, you go by the Word of God. You don't go by what you feel, you go by the Word of God. We laid our hands on this girl, prayed a simple prayer. The other, the other people were there too, we, they prayed for her. Prayed a simple prayer, went up, got me stuff, I left. The girl, the next day, starts eating. The girl, her stomach pains leave. The girl is healed of stomach cancer. He is a miracle worker. He is a miracle worker. The United States, we're conditioned to doubt. We're conditioned to not believe. We're conditioned because of all the apathy or all the deadness in religion is that it doesn't happen today. And the truth is, it does happen today. It happens all the time today. It's happening all over this world today for those who believe. It doesn't come down to how special you are, like as a person or the calling or something like that. No, it comes down to how special he is. Let's look at just another verse here. John 15, a second. John 15. And here's a verse that, that uh, I think you have it there. Let's see. John 15, verse 16. So Jesus says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he chose you. <laughs> he already chose you, right? See, we think, we think it's because of how good we are. Folks, while you were enemies, he loved you. <laughs> while you were against him, and I was against him, he still loved us. He said, I'll die for them. I choose, I choose to care for this world. That whosoever would believe in me would not perish, but have everlasting life. So he chose you. You remember the ball games and the kids, kids pick up a ball game and so forth, and they're picking sides and so forth. Okay, I'll take you, and I'll take you. And of course, the, the person who's last, you know, last couple of people, you know, kind of, 
Well, okay, I'll, I'll take him. Right field. You know, you always put him in right field because nobody hit to right field. You know, if you're playing baseball. And the last one to get picked. And usually the last one is the one that people didn't think had as much ability. But Jesus thinks you have ability. And he thinks and he knows you have ability because he's in you. If Christ is in you, you have all the ability of the universe. Amen. It's not, it's not based again. Sometimes think, I have, to get a, I have to get a Bible degree. No, 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 no. None of these, none of these people had Bible degrees. I have to go to seminary. None of these people went to seminary. Or the people that get, I got my, doc, I got my doctorate in theology, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness. <laughs> That'll kill you. That'll poison everything, you know. Because people think so much that it's, no long, it's all complicated. Faith is simple. To this day, after serving God for many decades, I'm still trying to simplify things. And not overthink, but just to trust. Just trust Him. Kim, when we went in the room with your son, all the machines were going and all the breathing machines, you know, and he had the heart attack and everything looked bleak and so forth in the room. But I'm not going to look at how he looked on the bed with the machine breathing for him. But we're going to look at the promises of God. And he came out alive. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you. Now, he pointed us to bear fruit. Now, why is this important? Because that's how God is glorified. Now remember, he glorifies, he's glorifying the Lord, not a church, not you. He's glorifying the Lord. Amen. Let me say that again. We have a lot of ministries. We have ministries on, on the TV and so forth. And I'm the anointed one and this and that. Send in your money. We got the anointing. It's all about them. It's all about them. It's all about their ministry. It's all about they got it. You got to go to their meeting. Folks, it's not about a person. It's about Jesus. Always remember that. It's about Jesus. Yes, as a church here, we believe in miracles. Wonderful place to come. But it's not the church. It's Jesus. Amen? It's Jesus. So, you should go and you should bear fruit that would glorify God. Amen? Your fruit should remain. So long after we leave this life, and if Jesus doesn't come back, we're all going to leave this life at some point, the fruit should remain. And notice this here, whatever you ask, say whatever. whatever. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So now, now he's asking us, he's daring us to believe for big things. Amen. Amen. He's daring you and I, he's daring you and I, believe it. Trust me. Go for it. It's Christmas time. You know, families get together. I always said to my family, most of my, for years, my family, it was a very difficult time, but I always said to my mom, when there's, when there's dinner, I'll pray. And she's always like, okay, you know, because it's like we didn't pray in our house. No, we didn't pray. We we're good denominational people, but people didn't pray. They didn't pray for their food or anything. But I'd look for opportunities to pray. And then mom would get the dinner ready, and she says, uh, and Dave has a prayer, and of course for my brothers, it's like, you know, put down the beer or whatever. Get on with it, you know. Well, I'm going to get on with it, and I'm going to pray for them. And I'm going to speak a blessing over them. And maybe for years, they rolled their eyes, they didn't like me, at times cussed me out and so forth, but I'm still going to do it. If I have the opportunity. I didn't push myself, but if I have the opportunity, you want to do it. Christmas, that's, what do you want to do? Do you believe it or don't you? That's what it really comes down to. 
Are you playing a game or do you actually believe this? If you're playing a game, then I want to believe for you to get saved and you to get, have revelation. Because this is not a game. This is life. And so this is a time people get together at holidays. You can send texts. In Jesus' name, I bless you. In Jesus' name, I speak this over. You can do all these things. It's a good thing. Amen. So you want to take the opportunity to do what Jesus said to do. Amen. This goes all about life. I mean, we had um, builder, builder, builder of our house, and so forth. And so we contact. I contacted him one day, and he he mentioned his daughter's boyfriend, cancer. And and he said, "I know you believe in miracles. You've talked about this because we did. You know, talked a little about building a house. Let's talk a lot about Jesus." and the testimony of our lives and so forth. So we prayed. Talked to him another time. He said, you won't believe this. And I said, try me. I bet I will. <laughs> Went back to the Mayo Clinic and they didn't have any cancer. These weren't, these weren't Pentecostal people. I don't even know if they believed God. Remember, a lot of people got healed that didn't even know Jesus. They, didn't, they weren't born again. At the upper room, there wasn't 65,000 people. But it's a seed to plant. It's like a dinner bell. Hey, God is good. He's doing miracles today. And then hopefully people step a little farther like, I want to know him. Yes. It's like the story we showed in India and the boy with leprosy and all the things like that. A Hindu family. And they prayed for him. They prayed for him and so forth. And they came back the next month through that village and saw this family again. And they said, look at our son. Clean hands, no scars, his face was clean, and they all gave their lives to Jesus. And they started a church in their house, which is what you do there. Oh, what a great time. Okay. Now when they get it, just pop them up. Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, this lady... (laughs) Yeah, this lady healed, was sick, kidneys, and so forth. And this lady, was this the lady from Climator? Was this the came, that Ruth? Okay, that's different. There's so many different ones. A lady had colon cancer and healed. Go ahead, is there something else you want to show up or anything? Oh, this is the lady in the back. Now look at her eyes now. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if they have another one that, oh, there she is in the back. She's laying on the floor here. In the back, and and we go lay our hands on her. <laughs> yeah, and then she gets prayer. Look at her now; she's standing. Her eyes are clear, and uh, had a water bottle. Oh man, it's so good. He's good. I don't know if there's anything else. No. All right, you know, he wants to answer your prayer. It doesn't come down to how you think you, how good you are. It just comes down to faith. Amen. Say, I believe. I believe. Say, I trust. I trust. Say, I want to follow God's word. I Say, I want to do what Jesus did. I Say, I want to pray for others. I Say, I want to pray for the sick. I Say, I want to believe myself. In fact, put, take your hands a second and put them on your own head. A lot of times, if we'll pray for ourselves. But we pray, Lord, right now for these temples. So say it with me. Say, I speak healing. 
into this body, into this mind, in the name of Jesus. I believe for healing from my head to my toes to every internal organ in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for great health, for divine life, long life in Jesus name. Now, prayers, prayers short, in faith, believing God. Father, I just thank you for miracles in this place. Thank you for miracles in the homes, every home represented. I thank you for miracles, Lord, not just over this Christmas time, but all the time. Because you are Emmanuel, you are God with us, you live in us. So I thank you for miracles Miracle ground just coming up, growing, 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 beautiful things, great fruit for the glory of God. Thank you for these miracles, Lord. Thank you for these miracles. Thank you for these miracles. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for these miracles in Jesus' name. Thank you for healings, provision, open doors. Green cards, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible when you're trusting in His Word. Hearken to the voice of God to thee. Is there anything too hard for me? So put your trust in God alone and rest upon His Word for everything. Yes, everything. Yes, everything is possible with God. Yes, Lord God. So anybody wants prayer, we're going to close this service. I want you to come on up front here like this. Just line up. If you want prayer for something like that, for anything in your life, if you want prayer, come on up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you that have joined us live. We bless you from around the world. God is with you. He's doing miracles today. And we thank him for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Let's thank the Lord. Amen. and uh, join us. Others will come up and pray. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.